G'day and welcome to episode 122 of the Pack Heavy podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson and today's conversation is with Be Curious PR founder Natasha Compton, where Natasha primarily shares her insights into unleashing the power of PR for your CBG brand. With well over 20 years of experience in elevating brands in their respective industries, Natasha's agency has a proven track record of launching beauty, food, and lifestyle brands right across the North American market. Now, throughout our conversation, among many things, we discuss the impact of AI on the industry, along with various services that Natasha's business provides, including brand strategy and positioning, development of founder narrative, and media trend audits, to name just a few. So if you're an entrepreneur looking to disrupt your industry and fuel your brand's growth, definitely stay tuned for some really valuable insights from Natasha today. Uh, Yeah, there were so many nuggets of gold in there for you all. Now, before we dive into today's conversation, I'd just like to take a moment, as always, to introduce myself to those of you who are new to the show and found us online. So my name is Hayden Thompson, like I said at the start, and in addition to hosting this podcast and chatting with business owners and operators, I also work for a company uh, called Foodpack. I work in sales, and we're a packaging company, and uh, we specialize in three specific areas. Uh, the first one is stock bags, which you could think of as a bit of a turnkey solution for your business. The second one is custom printed bags and films, so whether it's a thermal forming film or a custom printed stand-up pouch we do that and we do it very well and we also offer packaging equipment such as Zipramac vacuum chamber machines plex pack band sealers and repack tray sealers and thermoformers uh, we're really lucky at food packing that we've got a showroom with all of this equipment set up so you can come on in with your product and test the equipment do some shelf life studies and make sure that um, the equipment that you're about to embark on is exactly for you So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how I can help you with your food packaging or your packaging equipment, definitely um, shoot me an email at hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com and I'll definitely be able to steer you in the right direction. Okay, that's it for now. I hope you all enjoy episode 122 with Natasha Compton. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Hayden. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a it's a pleasure to have you on. I um, obviously you reached out to me uh, to engage with Mitch Cobb, who was episode 120 um, of the show, and Mitch is from Libra and Uptown Brewing, and uh, over on PEI. So yeah, thank you for the intro and and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. It's good to have you on. Um, having a PR agency is a first on the show. Um, my understanding of a PR agency or what you would specifically do um, for people in the CPG world is pretty limited. So I'd love to sort of dig into all of that with you today. You know, what specifically you do um, at Be Curious, um, how the business came about and everything in between. So let's do it. All right. Well, so I uh, I pretty much help brands tell their story with media influencers and industry partners. Yeah. And so I have had a really interesting career. I started uh, 20 years ago working in tech PR in an agency. Yeah, I see uh, you've got a pretty rich history of working in PR and communications roles. I noticed that on LinkedIn. Yeah, so I've uh, been in the PR business for a number of years and I think the thing that brings me the most joy is working with founders uh, and helping them kind of crystallize their story and figuring out who are the experts? How can we connect with the consumer? How can we tell their story in an authentic way? And there's no cookie cutter approach. Mm. I think PR is very personal. You have to figure out who the right outlets are, where, you know, where's your consumer? Where do you want to target? You know, what works for Libra might not work for another brand I have that's called Ben Beauty, right? So it's different and it varies. Uh, And so you have to really crystallize that. And I feel like a lot of founders sometimes they struggle. They're creating a business. They're running a business. They don't have yep. time to also, you know, think about 
how am I going to build a brand? What local press coverage can I get? What national press coverage? What are the stories? What's what are the trends that are out there that they fit into? And so that's what I do. I help crystallize. I create the roadmap for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I build that PR foundation and I have two options. I can either work with you one-on-one and help become like your in-house PR expert and really guide you every step of the process. Or I can work on developing the strategy and give you like your own PR DIY toolkit. toolkit. Yeah, that's cool. I could see that being really useful as well. One thing that comes to mind. And so like, if you think about everybody who's listening, like, you know, it could be anyone from somebody who has a business idea and they're about to, you know, let rubber hit the road, or they've been working on their business and they've been operational for 12 to 18 months, or somebody like Mitch who has been at it for, you know, quite a few years now. And I think there's something that seems to hold entrepreneurs and businesses back. And that is a fear of getting the word out to a huge volume of people for fear of everything taking off. And I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive because you've got an idea and all you want is success for your idea and your business, right? But there's something scary for people when they are finally in magazines or, you know, they've got an influencer who's tagged them and they're like, holy shit, like now I've I've actually got to do it. Have you found that that to be a bit of a roadblock for people that you're talking to? I think, you know what, usually when people come to me, they've either overcome that roadblock mm. or, or their fear of failing is is greater and they're like we just need to get the word yeah out and yeah need help. yeah but but i think it's it's i think it's human nature mm. right you're always a little bit worried they're going to take on too much and so you're trying to temper it and i think you just have to take the right step and move yeah. it forward you can't okay. hold back right and just deal with what comes because guess what you can pr is um you have to be persistent Mm. And it's a long game. Mm. So you're not going to get a hit right off the bat. Yeah. It takes a little bit of time. You have to find your people. You have to find your media contacts who are going to want to talk and, and write about your story. So yeah. don't, I guess my message to CBG founders who are on the fence about like, what if this is too early? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just start. Sorry. Just yeah. start. Um, just start. Yeah. Just put one foot in front of the other. That was one question I had for Mitch, actually, like, you know, a lot of founders are perfectionists and, you know, they may sit on an idea or they may sit on a product and, uh, or opening up that cafe and, uh, you know, until it's perfect, but there's no such thing as perfect. It's entrepreneurship. Like it's a good thing to get out to market, get that feedback and the response, iterate and get back out to market again. So there might be people out there who are like, I'm just not ready to engage with the PR agency yet. So what would you say would, to an entrepreneur or a business owner who is in the early stages of um, creating their business, when would the ideal time be to engage with a PR agency or, um, you know, a, or get a toolkit to extend your business out into the world like that? I think it's important to figure out what, what do you have that's newsworthy, right? Mm -hmm. Are you launching a new product? Is it a new service? Does it fit into a big trend? Like, you know, with Mitch and Libra, dry January was a big opportunity, Mm. but they also had a number of new products coming out, coming down the pipeline. So it makes sense to do PR for, 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 for that timing. So I would get in touch with an expert sooner rather than later, because PR also has long lead times. Some, Mm. you know, I like to plan three to four months out. Okay. Yeah. You know, yes, there's, there's ways to get radio and TV and daily hit coverage, but for those magazines and for those, um, TV shows like The Social or City Line, they work on a longer schedule. So yeah, they're booking to- months out, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and I yeah. think that's one thing entrepreneurs don't do. They're, 
they think about how they're going to promote and market the thing after the fact. They're like, mm. okay, we've been it. We finished it. We built it. Now what? And you're mm. like, now we need to get it out. But they don't really think of, you know, PR is an important part of the toolkit. What are you doing from a social perspective? How are you mm-hmm. engaging with third-party experts to help tell your story? Yeah. For example, I have one uh, brand called Ben Beauty that I work with. And mm. they work specifically with estheticians and naturopathic doctors and other experts like that. Um, to sell their product through. And we just worked together recently on creating, leveraging those experts to connect with their consumers, right? At the end of the day, the people who are on those social media channels who are following that naturopathic doctor or, or esthetician are already a fan, believe in the, you know, believe in whatever their products they're mm-hmm. sharing. Yeah. So why don't make, you should make that a part of your strategy in terms of connecting with those experts, creating social media content, posts, sharing Things. Work on a campaign together to leverage the experts and people within your network as well. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say for founders too is start local. Like build your build your local fan base from a media perspective, and then grow nationally. Branch so out from there. Yeah. With with Mitch and Libra, like we started with a great hit on Global News Halifax, mm. which was like a five minute advertisement. Honestly, the mm-hmm. the the host just loved non alcoholic beer. He was a big cyclist, so it solved a problem for him mm-hmm. so it was a fantastic segment so we you know and even from a business perspective i think most people will say like build your foundation build your customer loyalty in in your community and then slowly scale out right you want to make mm-hmm. sure you have your diehard clients there mm-hmm. i'm thinking right back from the start like you know somebody's got an idea usually as you suggested it's, it's either solving a problem or it's helping people from get from a to b and improve their life for example or it's just a point of differentiation from something that's already out in the market. But when you're thinking of it from a PR perspective, you know, as you suggested before, storytelling is really critical to the success of the campaign. When you sit down with a founder and you're looking at their business model and the products that they're discussing and, you know, a launch of a new SKU, for example, are you looking for specific nuggets of gold that you can leverage or how do you sort of, how do you map it out and what are you specifically looking for? Yeah, I definitely, um, it always starts with research. So mm. it's the first step is talking to the founder, finding out what the, what they think the story is yeah, and what the product information is. And then I go away and I go look, I do a media audit. So I okay, go and look and audit. say, yeah. what are press actually, what are they actually talking about right now? You're thinking it's this might be completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and so I gather all that information and I identify the trends, the topics, the writers who are talking about it. And that also helps formulate the PR strategy because mm. then what happens is like we go back and we do a storytelling session with the client and we say, this is your story. This is what the media are talking about right now. What do we have to add to that story? How, like, you know, what, how do we insert ourselves into that narrative? Mm. And I'll give you an example. I worked with a client, Duckage, which was a natural skincare product. Uh, and, you know, they were natural, clean. And I was like, you know what? And I've been in the beauty space for seven or so years. I worked with Skin Fix, which is uh, now available at Sephora. So I helped grow that cool. brand. Yeah. But um, I was like, listen, natural is like five years ago. Everyone's natural. No one cares anymore. I was like, what makes you different? And through the media audit, what we found was they had zero water in their product. So it was super concentrated moisturizer bars and shampoo and conditioners which with the huge sustainability trend, that was, that was the opportunity. That was mm. the nugget 
that mm-hmm. we were able to like get them in the Ottawa Sun and get them on breakfast television and other outlets like that because it was like, oh, this is sustainable beauty. This is taking all the water out of your shampoo. You know, your shampoo bottle mm-hmm. is this big. Mm-hmm. We're concentrating it to a bar this big and we're producing this many plastic bottles, this much yeah. from landfills, right? So yeah. that was the story. But the founder, you know, she, she was day to day in the business. She was like, you know, right? it's hard to see that. So I think mm. it helped founders get perspective mm. on what their story is and how we can refine it and how we can fit it into what people are talking about. Right. That's cool. So you suggested that you like to work on a three or four month schedule, like you like to start planning out that far in advance. How long would you suggest this full cycle is with your service? So like from day one, when you sit down and engage with somebody to the end of a campaign, would it typically be like a four month period? Or are you thinking like a 12 month period is sort of the ultimate amount of time to allow for something to occur, get some feedback on it, and then go back out again and, and see some more success? Yeah. For me, it's a minimum of six months, to be six honest. Months. Yeah. When you plan yeah. and push things out and yeah. get, you're going to, every time you pitch an editor, yeah. with, you know, you come up with a different story and when you pitch them, you'll either yeah. hear something or you'll get crickets. Yeah. Then you got to adjust and go again. So it's, it's an ongoing process mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll keep learning um, during that time. And so six months is kind of four to six months is the minimum really yeah. to see traction. Yeah. But usually with clients, like within the first month, yeah. uh, I've, you know, I've shown the value of what we can do. I've either connected them with, you know, a media opportunity or, or book them a speaking opportunity or at a show, or if they were going mm-hmm. to CHFA West, for example, yeah. Yeah. I booked them with appointments so that they can meet with different folks and, and, and things. And you, then you start to see the momentum. Mm. And then I think what founders see is that it's much more than just publicity at the end of the day. Like I'm helping you build your brand. And it's not just about press coverage. It's yes, it's press coverage. It's also connecting with those third-party experts. So for Libra, the non-alcoholic sommeliers are important. They're mm-hmm. regularly on the TV show. So we've built relationships with those. We've seeded them product. Mitch has spoken with them. They're fans of the brand. So when an opportunity comes up on the social or city line, I just got one uh, yesterday, you know, they want to include the brand, mm. right? And but that that takes time. Research. The relationships established. Yeah. And network, like network is everything, you know, you're only as strong as the people around you. So it sounds like you're almost extending their network. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like I'm expanding their network to yeah. different editors, tastemakers yeah. that maybe they didn't even think to mm-hmm. go out, reach out to. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of help. help that's that. great. I know you said before, like starting locally is really important and I can absolutely understand the logic in that. And then, you know, you've got the ability to have, you know, provincial coverage, national coverage, international coverage, I guess is like the the scaling of that. And yeah. that's all essentially, um, you know, down, that comes down to the capabilities and, you know, the network, or sorry, not the network, but the distribution of the, the business itself. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, like, if I had a business and I was trying to break into new markets, would I want a PR campaign that would give some awareness prior to you breaking into that market or would you already want to be established in the market and then get the word out which which would come first which is the horse and which is the cart let me give you the secret okay sneak previews are extremely important Mm -hmm. everyone wants to be the first to know about something new dropping that Mm -hmm. is your currency so if you have a new product that's coming out if you have a new service or business idea that's coming out 
there's nothing stopping you from meeting with those, whether it's beauty editors, food editors in advance, giving them a little sneak preview, talking to them about what the story is, the product, letting them, if you can get samples in advance, Uh great, do it. Uh That's an important step that a lot of founders forget. And especially in beauty, that's really, you need, you need, even if it's a lab lab sample, you know, Uh even if it just looks like this. Yeah. 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 Um, That is, that's newsworthy. Again, you know, what makes news? It's got to be something unique, something that impacts a lot of people. It's either Mm going to make a lot of money or not a lot of money. So it's thinking about those basics of what makes news. Mm. So I would, I would, I would, yeah, I would definitely go early and give people the sneak preview. And then what happens is that when you're ready to launch, you're going to get a piece of coverage, maybe the Mm. day up Mm -hmm. when you're launching, right? So you can plan that. So that's where a PR expert can really help you Mm. guide your marketing strategy for that launch. Mm. This sort of primes the audience, doesn't it? Like you said, you used the word seed earlier, seed people with samples. I like that because essentially that's what you're doing. You're planting a seed, a seed, an idea. Yeah, that's cool. And you've got water and you've got to give them information and give them yeah. photos and images and yeah. product. Yeah. And then, and then, then amazing, like a, you know, opportunity like CityLine will pop up for you or you'll get mm-hmm. something from the national. Like, for example, I worked with a brand. Uh, it, it, it was more of a health related issue, but worked with a brand we pitched in October. Well, the article or the story didn't appear on the national until January. Okay. But so it takes also, it also takes time. To work and you also have circle. to think about yeah. the media, the media pool is shrinking. Mm-hmm. It has to be timely. Mm. So this is where like Mother's Day, uh, Earth Day, like those calendar moments are also an opportunity because media do have to do stories around that so those are opportunities for cpg Mm -hmm. brands to insert their voice potentially Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. but yeah timing is important and uh you know for example libra just won a bunch of uh, new york international i saw that yeah that's exciting yeah and we did a radio interview like two weeks ago and i just you know the reporter's like i'm so sorry we haven't had time to air it like it's just been a busy week with other things so things get bumped and moved and you just Mm -hmm. have to be able to go with the flow yeah uh from a founder's perspective and yep. just manage those expectations, I guess. That's cool. Um, thinking it from a budgeting perspective, like you've got a founder or a, a young business and they're bootstrapping and, you know, they've got all sorts of inputs. They've got their cost of goods. They've got their packaging, their raw ingredients. They've got their marketing expenses. They've got their overheads of their kitchen facility. They've got the, uh, you know, they've got their listing fees. And then they've got to pay their employees. And at the end of the day, there's probably nothing left for themselves <laughs> in a lot of cases. And I can see how critically important it is to work with a PR agency in terms of a strategic decision, right? To sort of, like you said before, prime the market, get that voice out there and get everybody ready. When it comes to deciding on how to allocate budget for a PR agency, Mm-hmm. what are we talking here? Like, you know, is it the, do people, is it tens of thousands of dollars? Are we talking like a package for like under $5,000? Like, is there flexibility in there? How do you scale your operation or how do you, sorry, how do you scale your pricing structure and so on to accommodate um, the size of the business? Yeah. And, you know, for me, being flexible is key. Yeah. Um, a lot of founders feel like PR is a luxury. It's something they can't afford. Yeah, right? that's the way I always looked at it as well. I'm like, yeah, when my when a business is at a certain size, that's when a PR agency would be, be really valuable. But just talking to you within this sort of 15 minutes that we've been chatting, I can actually see the value in an early stage business getting out there and, you know, 
Yeah. yeah. Planting that seed early. All my packages, like, you know, yeah. any from, listen, I've done stuff for 1500 mm-hmm. to 5,000 to seven. Like I yeah, try yeah. And do that. Now, if you go with a bigger agency, yeah, it's, I mean, I work with New York agencies to help, you know, to support some of the work we were doing at mm. Skinfix and they were expensive, but it's all about right time and place. Yeah. So I think it's about really being smart with your dollars, figuring out what do you actually need? Like maybe investing in a media audit and understanding, you know, the top trends and getting a mm-hmm. list of 10 editors that you should be connecting with. Mm-hmm. That could be a, a cheap and cheerful investment mm-hmm. that you can take and, and try and do it yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and do a little coaching with me afterwards or mm-hmm. however you want to do it. But I, that's what I like to do with founders. And then with Libra, for example, I'm just immersed part of their team. Mm-hmm. It's day to day. They're throwing things at me. We're jumping in and That's awesome. you know, we're making things happen. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it. I like to say PR, you know, it, it, it can be available at every stage of your business. Mm. I, I like to say we can grow with you. Right. So, yeah. um, and the other thing, people, entrepreneurs, there is funding mm. for marketing. Yeah. There's like grants that you can leverage. A hundred percent. You have to t- be tapped into your government mm. network and your entrepreneur networks because there is usually funding for marketing especially if you're exporting your business yeah so those are those are ways to do it um and manage your cash flow Mm. yeah that's so important like that word cash flow just comes up almost in every conversation or podcast episode that i have everybody's trying to manage their cash flow yeah that's funny um Beside media relations and influencers, what other aspects do you focus on to help these brands? I guess, you know, to help with their brand reputation and visibility, but are there any other key components? Like we've talked about influencers before, and I'll say it again, like everybody on Instagram considers themselves an influencer to some degree, but there are influencers and then there are influencers. So how do you sort of specifically target these influencers and sort of what's that look like? I think when you're looking at influencers, you have to like, do they align with your values, with your brand values? Yeah. Are these really people that you want to work with? And I think you have to be careful because, you know, one social media post is not necessarily going to move the needle. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? This is where, yeah. you know, in the day where it was like, oh, I got one celebrity to do one social media post and it sold out. That's like few and far between. That doesn't yeah. really happen yeah. anymore. And I think yeah. it's smarter for founders to just really focus on like, a really practical, thoughtful approach to how am I communicating with my consumers? Are influencers the right, mm. even the right venue for you? Are if, they influencing? <laughs> yeah, like, are they, and maybe it's not your traditional influencer. It's not yeah. the, you know, young woman on Instagram talking about her life and her food or what she's eating or what she's mm. wearing. Mm-hmm. It could very much be the naturopathic doctor or the, you know, like someone else who has expertise and gravitas that mm. people are listening and podcasts are so important too. This is where, you know, this is what I love about podcasts too. Like podcasts to me are just as valuable because it, it allows people to really tell their story yeah. and people who are listening to podcasts really get invested. Mm. You feel right? like you're a part of the conversation. Like when I'm driving, I'm a huge <laughs> consumer of podcasts as well as, as well as having my own. And uh, I consume podcasts when I'm driving and I do a lot of driving with my job. I'm in sales, business development. I've got a huge territory. I'm driving, you know, three to four days a week, solid. So I'm spending hours in the truck. And so I feel like I'm a part of somebody's conversation. I feel like I'm sitting in there in a room and it's just such a good way to consume this information. I love it. And it's very educational and it's Uh not, it's not sound bites. It's not, you know, 30 second sound bites. You really get to know someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that pulls that builds the connection with the brand. So it's having a mix of 
the media, the podcasts. Uh Um, Also, you know, I find a lot of those third party experts, they're either on TV shows, they have their own big social networking and following. So working with those people are is also very important. So you have Mm -hmm. to identify them early on. And I think Mm -hmm. the important thing for founders is you have to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. Right. And so you can't be afraid of like, well, what if I send this out? No one, you know, and they laugh at me or they they don't get back to me. Mm. Oh well, that's one way that it won't work. Yeah. Who cares? Move on. Come up with some come up with another story angle. Find another outlet that you think this will be more of a fit for. Yeah. That is the, that's a, that's the beauty of PR. It's continually evolving and you yeah. get feedback pretty instantaneously from yeah. the market. You know, I've sent pitches where I can see like 25 of the editors all opened it. So I know the topic was on point. Mm-hmm. They are interested. They might not have a story for it right now, but they're going to definitely file that away. And they're going to mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm going to leverage that the next time I'm doing something. And that's, yeah. and that's what a lot of editors do, right? Yeah. I mean, They've got deadlines. They've got 300 people coming at them every day with story mm-hmm. ideas. And so you really have to be creative with your subject lines, your pitch mm-hmm. headlines. Mm-hmm. And super short pitches, very to the point. This is mm-hmm. what I'm offering. This is why I think it's important to you. And and next. And I think, too, for entrepreneurs, the product is important, but really understanding where your product fits into the narrative mm-hmm. and who, and customers who customer testimonials are so important. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's something that I noticed on your website. You had some really great testimonials on this. You're obviously leveraging it. I know that Mitch wrote a a great testimonial. Um, And I know that, yeah, I mean, testimonials, it's like, it's the language that everybody speaks and we've got them on ours as well, but it's right. Like after I finish up every podcast that I have with a, um, with a guest, I'll send a quick email with a little questionnaire on it just to make sure that their experience was great. And then I asked for a little testimonial as well, something I haven't been leveraging, but I've got a, a book full of like little, you know, snippets that I will be leveraging at sometime in the future. And it's something that I think is really relevant and underutilized in a lot of cases. I've got another question for you. Um, right now, we're noticing a like the world of artificial intelligence just opening up for us all and becoming so accessible. There are so many tools that we can leverage and utilize, especially as an entrepreneur that, you know, there might be one of you or two of you in the operation. So you've got a limited amount of time. Um, you've got a limited budget. And AI is a really great way to sort of like, you know, be your own um, be your own, what did we say before, before we kicked off on air, like your own virtual assistant, virtual assistant, exactly. And a great way to sort of, you know, get things done in a very short amount of time. Are you noticing in the PR world that AI is starting to encroach on your space and how are you leveraging it? Um, I don't think we're there yet. I'm starting to see articles about like pitching with AI and coming up with angles and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm still a purist. I just believe in you really connecting with your founder, Mm. really doing the work and the research and understanding what's happening in the market to come up with the right stories. Mm. Can chat GPT be a tool that you use sometimes to assist you? Yeah, sure. But I I don't know. There's something (laughs) storytelling is so important and it's personal Mm. and it's Mm -hmm. human. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, creating it and being authentic is a little bit more important than getting something off the to-do list. I mean, I'm all for automation, but yeah. sometimes your personal story and brand, mm. I guess, shouldn't be on autopilot. I really yeah. feel like that it should be a living, feeling, yeah. breathing thing that you invest and take the time to share. You can feel it, can't you? 
Like we, we mentioned before, like on LinkedIn, you can see somebody's post and you just, it's, there's a feeling that you get when you're reading a post and you're like, that was ChatGPT right there. I, I feel like that was written by <laughs> ChatGPT just due to the nature of the post itself. Like it seems very generic and like you said, thrown together rather than personalized and to the point. And, and, and yeah, I hope, I hope we don't lose it. I hope we don't lose it, the ability to write, you know? You know, it's it's sad because I'm just like, it's going to get to the point where it's like, mm. you, like you're going to have to have the, the modifier, like not mm. written by chat GPT. Mm. Like, you know, it's a like blue check mark. Everything. This was right? written like, by a human. <laughs> human, yeah. And I think, I don't know. I, I think, you know, there's definitely a place for storytelling. Automation mm. is great, but uh, mm. I think you have to be real and authentic if you're going to be a true storyteller and you want to get your your message across. Mm. You know, you, have- you, you are the business usually. Yeah, yeah. And you Another big challenge that founders have. Mm. I met a few founders who were like, I want you to promote my business, but I don't want to talk about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who's going to talk about it then? Mm-hmm. You, you know, so a lot of people have that fear of like, well, I don't. I don't want to be the face. I don't want to be the voice. Yeah. They yeah. want to hide behind their brand. Yeah. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of imposter yeah. And yeah. at the end of the day, there's no one out there like you. Mm-hmm. And you have a story to tell and you mm-hmm. have something that you created and you should be proud of it. And just. Mm you know what, go out there and share your story. You I never know it. what's going to happen. And usually it's more positive. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Do you have children? I do. Yeah. I have a 15 year old and a 10 year old. So okay. uh, yeah. What and a crazy age, like to be growing up in like, you know, to be growing up now at that age is a, uh, something that you and I didn't encounter. Hey, the world looks very different right now. It's so, it's so funny. I think I, um, my daughter was like, you know, mom, when you had an iPhone and I was like, darling, I'm going to show you a picture of the phone I had. And she was like, <laughs> like she was like, the Nokia 3310. Yeah. I don't even understand what this cord thing. Is. <laughs> <laughs> what well, do you feel is the future? Like, let's just check, like, let's just go off on a little tangent here. <clears throat> when you, to think through ideas, for me to think through ideas, I always write down, like I write down my thoughts and that's a way that I can really flesh out and get a grasp on what I'm thinking, you know, whether it's journaling or whether it was essay writing in high school, like actually learning how to write an essay is a really useful tool for organizing your thoughts. And it scares me. It scares me to think that that is being taken away from us as humans it's something that's moving by the wayside. It's something that may not be taught in the future at, at a school level. I, it probably wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if it's already disappeared at school, the actual like skill of writing, the skill of structuring your ideas and thoughts. And then you think it through and you're like, okay, so AI will potentially take this away from us. We may have to edit it and refine it, but the actual like spilling ideas onto a page is so important in my opinion. Where, what do you think the future holds for us all if that, which is really critical in your role right now in PR, so it's relevant to the conversation because it's what you do for a living. You spill ideas out onto paper for other people to consume. What happens when that gets taken away from us as humans? What does that look like? Uh, that would yeah. be like a very sad. Yeah. When, like it's a fake reality. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Right. And I, I, I don't know. I, I'm at a certain age in life where don't put up with fake stuff. I don't, Mm. you know, I want to, the brands I work with, the people Mm -hmm. I engage with, Mm -hmm. they have to be 
authentic. They have to be, they have to have the same values. They have to be purpose-driven. And so that's how, that's an important way forward, right? Mm. Uh, So I think chat, like the AI stuff, it's, it's going to be a, there's going to be a role for it. Mm. And we're going to, it's, we're going to take years to grapple with it. Mm. Do I think, you know, kind of the writing and communications is totally going to, going to go away. It might Mm. shift, Mm. but, I think it's going to come like it will. The pendulum. You reckon the pendulum? Yeah, I often say that as well. I hope it does. Yeah, they'll miss the human element. Mm. How would you feel? How would you feel if, like, there are some important moments in life where you really want something to be personalized—a eulogy, a speech at a wedding, um, a graduation speech. There are some pretty critical moments in life where you want something to be extremely personalized, and you want what that person is conveying to you to come from the heart. And you could jump on chat GBT and say, write a wedding speech and it'll spit one out in 30 seconds and it'll be almost perfect. <laughs> and it's only going to get better and better. And I'd be really disappointed if I was at a wedding and I found out that somebody had written that speech on chat GBT. Isn't that just boring? Though? Yeah, it is boring. boring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the best of all of the internet speeches. Wrapped yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost too perfect and it's polished and it's wrapped in plastic and it just, it's yuck. It doesn't feel like it's natural to me. No, I, I, I hope the pendulum swings. I wonder you know, what that looks I, like. But I, I will say, I think there's, I, I still always think there's a role for PR mm. expertise mm. and a communications person who's been yeah. in the industry who can help guide the conversation. Yeah. Like writing is yeah. one piece of it Yeah, and you can use it as part of your toolkit, but it's not going to replace everything. Mm. Like mm-hmm. you also have to just, it's the power of expertise, it's the mm. power of world works, world, world, real world experience, mm. you know, having built brands up, like I helped start skin fix, which is a, a dermatologist, natural, you know, skincare line yep. started at shoppers drug mirror here yep. locally in Halifax. And we scaled them across Canada and That's launched awesome. them into the U S and made them yep. a beauty editor favorite. Yeah. There's lots of, you know, key learnings along the way in terms of how to launch a CPG brand and how mm. to manage the ebbs and flows of growth mm. and when you need to like push on the gas and when you need to just back off, take a break. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That must be extremely rewarding for you. Getting up out of bed, knowing that you're helping a business grow and get that exposure and, you know, really get a story out that's meaningful. I do a dance every single time. I, I, I joke. I'm kind of a potentialist. I love seeing the potential in brand in brands. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they come to me like these little diamonds in the rough, and mm-hmm. it's like, how can I polish you and tweak yep. you? How can I connect you with the right people <laughs> that are going to yeah. make tell your story and that are going to elevate your brand and that are ultimately going to help you succeed? Yeah. Right. So it's yep. it is definitely rewarding when you get to work with brands and mm. you get them on you know different shows and they're mm-hmm. seeing the sales lift and. Mm-hmm they're getting on retail shelves because of it, you know, mm. LCBO, you know, with our work with Libra really mm-hmm. helped mail, you know, get us on shelf with the LCBO. That was, That's you know, awesome. at least six months beforehand working with yeah. um, Mitch and Deb and the team to build our story and get press coverage. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, retailers now are very cognizant. They want to see a brand has traction. It has following. It has press coverage. It's been seen. Mm. Um, because they, you can get on the store shelf, but if you're not turning, mm. then you're not going to last. Very it's long. all for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So getting on is the, is like, you think it's like, oh my God, I did it. I got on. Mm-hmm. 
okay, now what? Now you have to think about how am I going to keep driving people into store to get more? Mm-hmm. And that's where PR and marketing is so integral. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned before knowing your audience and where they live, like online, you know, what media they consume so that you can get in front of them. Obviously, you've got your traditional outlets like your, you know, your radio, your uh, your TV, your news, like papers, your magazines. Yeah. Now we've got an online world like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. What else is cropping up? What else have you noticed? Are there any other new channels that may not necessarily be on everybody's radar or something in the future that you're noticing going, oh, this could be a, an interesting avenue? You know, it's interesting. Like Reddit podcasts, those are all places mm. where conversations are happening. I use Reddit mm-hmm. actually a lot to find, yeah. to deep dive on trends that are happening Yeah, uh, and see what people are actually talking about. So I do, I find those social channels are great listening tools for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh gosh, the name escapes me. There's just other, there's the, there's great uh, like online search tools in terms mm. of finding. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, you know what I'm going to say? Newsletters. I know that sounds really weird. They're kind of having this resurgence because it just, it, de- it depends. What we're seeing is yeah. a lot of magazine writers and editors. There's been yeah. tons of layoffs in the community, right? Yeah. So these are writers at heart. So they will still write. They're mm-hmm. just finding other avenues to write. They're creating mm-hmm. their own newsletters. They're creating their own following. Blogs. Yeah. Blogs. Those are mm-hmm. so important. So, for example, with um, Libra, some good, clean fun. So that is um, Sarah Kate is a non-alcoholic sommelier. She's very, very open about her journey, you know, of, of sobriety. Sobriety. And, yeah. Uh, and she started her blog. She started her social media channels. And she has been a huge um she's been a huge voice in the non-alcoholic space for sure. Mm. And, you know, originally we found that when we got hits, you know, when she wrote about Libra, that was a very engaged audience. Mm. So even though maybe her, you know, her online blog was only a few thousand people, guess what? They, they listened Mm. and they, they purchased. Mm. So I mean, you know, I could get you in Chatelaine, but mm. if people like hum and ha and it's too broad of an audience, yeah, they might not buy. But yeah. that specific audience really drove sales. And so, mm. again, it's like you have to look at the trends. You have to look when you do get those online hits, you have to look at your sales and say, did we see a lift? Yeah. Is that article driving traffic back to our site? Mm-hmm. What are the sites that are driving traffic? And and in the non-alcoholic space specifically, we're finding a lot of smaller beer bloggers, lifestyle experts who are, who've gone, you know, who've gone the sober curious route. Those people are very connected. They're speaking to an audience that is, is our core audience at the end of the day. And that audience has the problem and we have the solution and it works. They're completely engaged. Yeah. Yeah. Get hung up on like, I need to be on the front page of the Globe Mail. It's not going to happen. first of all. Yeah. Manage expectations, and it might not be where you really want to be. Like it's great to have that as a goal. Everyone yeah. wants to be there. Yeah. But don't discount these smaller niche mm. newsletters and players mm-hmm. that are creating really interesting content. Mm-hmm. 
Agreed. Actually, I interviewed Lindsay, um, the owner and founder of Picant Marketing out here um, in Vancouver. She was at the CHFA and I, I brought her on for the live episode. She said something interesting and it's one thing. Um, so when you're on Facebook, when you're on Instagram, you don't actually own your audience. Like you may build up a huge audience and it can get taken off from you straight away, whether it's Twitter, whereas a mailing list is always going to be yours. So she was an advocate yeah. of like, bring people across, build your mailing list, get out a newsletter, get out a blog, advertise it through your mailing list. And a good example of that that I brought up was Tim Ferriss with Five Bullet Friday. He's got a huge mailing list. He's, it's something that he's built over years and years and years, and it's just so valuable. So Mike Fatt is another one. You know, He's got his mailing list when he's launching a new book, when he's talking about one of the businesses he invested in. It's such a, a critical piece of his infrastructure. Would you agree with that statement? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Whether I was at Skin Fix, whether I was like I've worked with Anna Green Gables chocolates, for example, um, even Ben Beauty, your list is gold. Those mm -hmm. are people who fall in love with your brand. They know your product. They are they are repeat customers. Mm -hmm. So you need to build that relationship with them. You mm -hmm. need to keep it fresh. You need to keep it interesting. Press coverage is always great too. You mm -hmm. know, whenever we got a press win. We'd always share that out to our community mm. and we'd always see a little lift. We'll see, a, you know, they would buy yeah. it because they're like, yeah. oh yeah, like they yeah. were just in Allure. That's amazing. Great yeah. job. You can buy the new thing that they've just talked about. Right. So yeah. uh, I think, and, and it seems so quaint and like, oh, email. Yeah. No, there's, no, there's power. It's powerful to land in somebody's inbox. It's, you know what though, with that said, there needs to be a disclaimer around it. The amount of mailing lists that I'll sign up to and within a couple of weeks, I'll unsubscribe because they get really boring really quickly or it's repetitive or not relevant within a very short period of time. Yeah, I, I try and keep my inbox pretty clean. So I'm not afraid to hit the unsubscribe button. But yeah, yeah it's important to try and keep people there. So what kind of hook would you try and um, include in your mailing campaigns or email list or you know weekly or monthly newsletters to keep people? You know, I think it's super personal in terms of what kind of content you're creating, but mm. I think you could just have to be careful of not dialing it in mm. and don't make it so product focused all the time. Mm. If anything, I would make sure that you're doing sharing trends or insight information. Like if you're seeing something that's piquing your interest that you're like, hmm, I wonder, share mm. that. Mm. And I think you have to be, have a balance of doing the hard sell with mm -hmm. the, here's the information, here's what I'm reading, here's, yeah. here are the five books that are on my newsstand right now that are helping yeah. me and they might help you. Yeah. So do you yeah. know what I mean? So again, once again, I guess it's almost like building your own personal band brand alongside your business. Yeah, absolutely. It is personal. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, why I, you know, and sometimes, you know, founders are like, well, I don't want to get, I don't like, just go do the thing. Go just go work on coffee. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think you have to have some, you have to have visibility and you have to have a little bit of a role in terms of the content and the stories that you're putting out. It's your mm -hmm. brand. You mm -hmm. should know what stories you're talking about mm. and what's being said about, you know, what you're putting out into the universe. So yeah, those are important things. That's cool. We've covered a lot on this conversation already. And I really, honestly, thank you so much for the opportunity to chat about PR today. I see it in such a different light right now. Um, what have we missed that's really important in the conversation that everybody needs to hear or that's a part of your repertoire? Oh gosh. Um, here are my, here are my tips for, for founders who are thinking about getting into PR. I think you can start small, right? Just get, get, do a strategy call, do a quick touch base and be like, this is what I have. What do you think? What can we do? Is there an opportunity? Listen, PR people are going to tell you straight up, you have news or you don't. Mm -hmm. They're not going to waste your time or, you know, saying, sure, I'll do it. And I'm going to promise you the moon. Like, 
because at the end of the day, if it's not a good story, then it's going to be very hard mm-hmm. for me to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say reach out, have the conversation early. And then you never know where it's, it's when, when the right time is, but they'll help guide you. They'll mm-hmm. say, you know what? You're not ready for PR right now, but come back to me in six months or when this happens. Mm-hmm. And then we can build a strategy and do that. I just, I think for, for people listening for retail, you know, for founders in the CBG space, crystallizing your story mm-hmm. and figuring out who the right people are to help tell it mm-hmm. is really important. Something we didn't talk about was third party experts. We mentioned it. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, if you're going on TV or press, they don't always want to talk to you, the founder, mm. but they want to talk about, they want to talk to the user and that other expert who can say why this is important. Right. Mm-hmm. What, I think in, in today's saturated uh, news environment, there's so much news, there's so much content, and we want that expertise. So you mm-hmm. have to make sure you're targeting the right experts to help mm-hmm. tell your story. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for those tips. If anybody wanted to reach out and uh, engage with you in your services at Be Curious, what's the best way for them to go about it? Just check out the website, BeCuriousPR.com, and uh, you can find all the details there, book a discovery call, and learn about the different services that we offer. Awesome. Well, listen, Natasha, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our chat. And uh, yeah, good luck for everything that um, your business holds for the future. Thanks so much, Aiden. Appreciate the time. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay. So that was episode 122 with Natasha. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Um, I completely see PR in a totally different light now, and I see so much value in it, especially um, more so now than ever before for a business in its early stages. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Natasha's business, or you've got any questions or comments from today's episode, scroll on down into the show notes. You'll be able to click on through to the LinkedIn profile that we both have. And uh, yeah, you'll find today's episode posted up there. So thanks again for tuning in today. And I hope you all join me next week for another great episode. Cheers.